landing. Wait for it. There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your host, Jim and Chuck. And if you're listening to this, October has passed. Yes. Unless you're a time traveler. Uh, and then you're still in October and maybe a random year and you're listening to this. Right? That works. If you're in the future yeah. and you're listening to stuff that's already passed, that's, you could be a time traveler. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, this is the November episode, the everything coming out in November episode, where we talk TVs, TV shows, uh, movies, and comics. And we're going to gauge them how excited we are and share our thoughts on what we're going to watch, what we're going to binge, what we're going to pass on, and what we might be on the fence with. Um October for me in general is I saw four out of maybe the seven movies I wanted to see. Okay. I saw Stars Born. We had just talked about this. I saw Stars Born, Halloween, Venom, and Goosebumps 2, A Haunted Halloween. Oh, how was that? It was pretty good. Um, not my favorite, though. I like the Goosebumps series better than the second movie. Was the original, the first movie? The first movie one was much better okay. than this one. But there were really cool Easter eggs from uh, like the TV show. I'm okay. rewatching the TV show with my. Um, my clients for getting Halloween That's spirit. Awesome. I've been watching a lot of horror truck in October, and the one thing that bothers me, and you know this, um, Buffy Vampire Slayer is my yep. penultimate favorite show ever, ever. Um, and it just dawned to me that the love between Buffy and Angel is a love of a pedophile and a child. Really? Let that sit in. Uh, Angel is a 400-year-old vampire, Okay. and Buffy is a sophomore in high school. 16, maybe? And maybe like listen, I don't know if they like waited until like she's eighteen in the show. They were they were both consenting adults when they were doing their fictional lovemaking. Yeah. But I don't know if they waited until like she was a senior before Angel and Buffy got jiggy with it. But he was stalking this four hundred year old man is stalking a fifteen year old girl. I love this show and it just dawned on me that that's the love of a pedophile and a child child bride. I've never seen an episode, so it, I... Does it make you want to watch it even more now? No, not at all. You sure? Did you watch all of Angel? Yeah. I love all that whole stuff. Angel, Buffy, I love Faith, Spike, all those characters. But the show Angel oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, with the... Come on, man. We talked uh, to J. August Richards in the Great Philadelphia yeah. Comic Con, and I talked to him about uh, Angel. Local boy, David Boreanaz. Yeah. Who, who doesn't want to be local? No, unless the sports teams are winning. That's the only thing. He, and he's local. He's Philly. He's not New Jersey. But let's start with TV. Uh, there is one TV <laughs> show coming out in November. And our, I feel like our episodes are going to gradually uh, get lower with the TV shows. Uh, well, I mean, December, January. December, December might pick up because we got uh, Young Justice is now confirmed for December 28th. And The Runaways. We're still waiting on Happy. We don't know when that's going to come out. But then in like January, a lot of winter premieres. Right? Yeah, because I know Gotham, I believe, is coming back in uh-huh. January. Shield's coming back in June or July. So we have the summer to do that and talk about that. But we're going to talk about a show that's coming to Netflix on November 16th. And it may or may not become an episode because I'm just kind of figuring where, where I'm at in my head with this. Uh, She-Ra, Princess of Power. Uh, yeah. uh, and She-Ra, Princess of Power, uh, leads a rebellion to free her land of Eternia, or Etheria from the monstrous invaders of the Horde. Now, Hordak is a boss. Yeah. I love Hordak. And anything Masters of the Universe, I'm on board with. I don't know if I can justify binging, I don't know, like eight hours of She-Ra. Where are you at with She-Ra? One to five. The new She-Ra? One. Yeah. What is it about the new one? Is it because it's like a Dreams work, DreamWorks like animated style? It's like it's like Barbie if she became a superhero. Yeah, like the the original She-Ra was cool. Yeah, 
because it was it was you know drawn in the style of He Man. He Man and the eighties cartoons were great, but now I and she looks like a badass in that in those cartoons, like the eighties cartoons. She looks like a tall Powerpuff girl. Yeah. In this. I'm, I don't really dig the modern animation style. Yeah. Because they try to make everything, like, cutesy and... It's like what they did with Thunder, Thundercats? Oh, yeah. Don't even get me started with that. Shit. Yeah, it's like the same company did that. And and that's the thing. Like, it's very... It's not as bad. Yeah. Like, the Thundercats looks awful. But it's not what it should be, right? No, no, not at all. Like, when they redid Thundercats and it was more like the anime style... I was fine with that a couple years ago. I mean, that's all Castlevania is. Yeah. That's all, like, which season two is out now. Uh, it's very anime style. Did you watch it yet? Yeah. I didn't watch it yet. Yeah, it's 10 episodes, 25 minutes each. Yeah. So. It's, it's, it's all easy binge. It's a lunch break binge. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. It's violent as shit. Super the first bloody. one was violent. Super bloody. And I forgot how good the cast was. Yeah. Like, Theo James is in this one now. Richard Armitage, uh, Graham Tavish. It's, it's a very, it's, very yeah. good cast. But that's not what we're talking about. No. We're talking about cutie wootie Shira the Princess yeah. Power. I'm I'm out. Yeah, you know, they announced that Shira was coming back. And you were excited. Well, yeah, I mean, the attorney in me was like, "Oh shit, yeah, He Man might come back. We might get a crossover. And if this is the style that they're gonna cross He Man over in that drawing, I'm I'm out. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna watch Shira Princess of Power. And I don't think I'm gonna talk about Shira Princess of Power because I don't think obviously we're not interested in this show. No. Um, so it would be one. It'd be super weird if two thirty-plus-year-old men are talking about the new DreamWorks Princess of Power show. But I hope it's good. Like you know, I might tune in just to see Horde and see what the Horde act looks like. Uh, but I mean, I'm kind of out on it because it's not my one. It's not my animation style. Two, it's not my demographic. Like they're tapping in for like young girls, and like Shira in the '80s was like, oh, this is just a badass woman version of He-Man. So you, you could get away with watching it with your sisters, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is, this is I'm into it. But this one, you're like, ugh. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I'm glad she was getting made. Yeah, Because, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an IP that people should know, and it's empowerment to, to women and whatnot. But, um, yeah, for this 31-year-old geek, it's not happening for me. I'll go back and watch the old She-Ra <laughs> stuff. Um, so we're both out on she I, I was a little surprised. I thought you would, you'd say you were going to watch it with the little one. You know what? I take that into effect when I think of your, your gradings. <laughs> Um, I think personally, I think she think it was super dope, and I think Shira Princess of Power could be a potential cosplay for AG cosplay down the line. Yeah, and work. you could go as Hordak. Just saying, Hordak doesn't have hair, and you get to mess around with some foam and some warbler. Get to buy like a torch. Oh, you'll be on board, man. You can be Moss Man. I, uh, I no, I'm already Beast Man, covered in hair, and I'm gonna create. Would your shirt make me think of Moss Man? <laughs> I'm covered in hair. Yeah, I could I could be anybody at this point except for He Man. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I wish. I mean, if I could get or away Orco. with, if I could get You're away, too- yeah, two way too man at arms, like mean mustache. <laughs> um, if I could get away with wearing He Man's outfit, both He Man or Prince Adam's outfit. No, Prince Adam, that was amazing. Well, Prince Adam's outfit was super flamboyant. <laughs> like it's what do you have? Like a pink top, pink uh, ruffled it Seinfeld was, it shirt, was like yeah, and purple, purple leggings, purple leggings. <laughs> like imagine rolling like up on him Uggs. in the gym. <laughs> Yeah, he's got, he's got the UGG boots on. Oh, my that God. would be a great cosplay. Prince Prince Adam and Han Solo are like the Mount Rushmore of basic bitch outfits. Like the uniform for a basic bitch is like Han Solo and Prince Adam. Did you ever see that meme where it says Paul's Han, coming? It's Han, Han Solo, Solo season, season. <laughs> and it's like five girls at like a concert. They're all in the same outfit. All same outfit. They're in like a winery, and it's just like 
different shades of cream, different yep. shades of brown. Yeah. It's beautiful. And they don't even know that they're cosplaying as Han Solo. No. It's fantastic. Let's go to movies uh, because this is where we cut our teeth. We love movies. I went to four. You're going to at least three or two. You went, you're going to see Halloween. I'm going to see Halloween. And you saw Venom. I see Venom. So yeah, you're there. We, you, we at least go to see, at least between the two of us, six to ten movies a year, uh, a month. Yeah. Um, now that I have movie pass, I don't know how I feel about that. Let's start with the first week in November, 11 to 18, the second. Which is what three days after his post, so yep. or maybe a day after I don't know. Which is soon. We'll just say that um, the first one is a Disney film. It's starting off our Disney ho- uh, holiday season because yeah. they usually release what two or three. Um, so you got the Nutcracker in the Four Realms, and that stars Mackenzie Foy, Keira Knightley, Morgan Freeman, and Helen Mirren. It's directed by Laz Hallstrom, who did What's Eating Gilbert Grape, Dear John, and Chocolat. And John Johnston from Captain America, The First Avenger, The Rock is Here, your favorite guy. I love them. And Jurassic Park 3, my favorite of the franchise. Um, and it's about a young girl who's transported into a magical world of gingerbread soldiers and an army of mice. So just think the Nutcracker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I didn't think we needed the Four Realms, but it's the Nutcracker. Where are you at with this? You going to go see this? Yeah. I. She wants to see it because she's really big into dance. Yeah. And so are you. You're a dance dad. I'm a dance dad. It works. Um... And it looks cool, uh, but like I said, she's really in a dance, so you know it's ballet. Now you saw the trailer for it. We're not we're not going to do an episode on this, but you saw the trailer for it. Did Kira Knightley kind of confuse you into thinking that Helen Helen Bonham Carter was in this movie? Because immediately I was like, "That's Helen Bonham Carter. I'm out. Like I'm out of it." <laughs> because like, listen, I don't want to sound like I work for the mouse or I'm like affiliated with the mouse, but because like all the Disney stuff we t- we speak so highly of. Um, I'm gonna see this movie, and I don't think Chelsea wants to see it. So, I, of course, it's gonna be a movie I go by to myself, you unless I us. yeah, unless I roll with you guys. But I like the Nutcracker story, mm-hmm. minus the ballet shit. Like, I know that's a big component of it, uh, like the component of it. But like, you know this, and maybe our close friends who listen to this knows. But every Christmas, I get a Nutcracker for Christmas for my mom, Nutcracker and a snow globe. Uh, and I've always like, I did. We did a, a fall musical in like elementary school, and I was one of the the mice. So it was a big ass. No, I was chubby. I was chubby and small in middle school. So I would just put on a gray sweatpants sweatsuit that I was probably wearing already and just ran around as a mouse. I was mouse king. (laughs) And all it was is like, I think like twice we brought food from our culture. I think I brought like McDonald's. I what did I? What fucking, did I? You fucking brought spare ribs and I think I brought kibasi because I'm Polish. Okay, well, that works. And but like it was a bunch of people bringing like Spanish food and yeah. stuff like that. So we did that, and then the only time that we did anything, we went to go see the Nutcracker at um, in Philly. Yeah, and it's listen. I've seen one play, like I, that I will admit to. The other ones I've taken like my little cousins to see, and I saw a Nutcracker, and it was it blew me away. It's a brilliant and beautiful story. Yeah, it was it was done really well. And then like we went to Philly and it wasn't like it was actually professional ballerinas. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, going to like It wasn't the shows school. that I go to. Yeah. yeah. I'll just go to any show. Well, you go to the back alley once. Yeah, I'll just pay twenty bucks to see somebody dance around. I'm going You know, that's how it works with me. But um yeah, and that was it was pretty cool. So this is a must see for you. I, I would say it's a must-see for her, which it's going to be for me. Because, Opening week? Uh, probably not. Yeah, I'm I'm probably going to... Uh, what, what weekend? 11-2, uh, so November no, 2nd. definitely not. 
yeah, yeah, I'll be gone. You'll be busy. Yeah, this is probably like a week two, week three. Yeah, it's gonna kill though. It's got. I don't know if it's gonna win this week though, because what comes out after that same week is Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, starring Rami Malek, Lucy Boynton, Joseph Mazzello, Mike Myers, Ben Hardy, and Aidan Gillen, directed by Brian Singer of X Men fame. Uh, and a chron- it chronicles uh, the years leading up to Queen's legendary appearance at Live Aid in '85. What do you think about this? Where are you at with this? I want to see it. You want to see it? It's getting really bad reviews. Really? And Rami Malek looks so much like Freddie Mercury. Yeah. It's uncanny. Did you know who was supposed to be Freddie Mercury? Um, Kevin Hart. Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh. Can he sing? I don't know, but he, I could see it. Yeah. Uh, but Rami Malek He looks. looks like him and sounds like him. And listen, I think they're making two British biopics about like, he was British, right? Freddie Mercury? Yeah. Okay. Um, they're making those two biopics about like very flamboyant British men with Freddie Mercury and the Alan John with Taron Egerton. The Alan John looks. That looks trivia as shit. Like <laughs> you have to go high to see that. But well, it's more of a like a. I think it's classified as a fanny, 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 fanny. <laughs> <laughs> it's fitting. The shoe fits, right? Fantasy musical. Okay. Yeah, because he's like floating off the chair yeah, and shit. Yeah, it's weird. So you're going to see this? Is this something you're going to do? I would to? like to see it. Yes. I'm absolutely out on this. Really? I don't like Queen. I like Queen. See, I'm not a big. I might get shit for maybe our, our Brit rocks. Uh, I don't like Queen or the Beatles. Like, I'm not a big. I'm not a British Beatle fan. Music fan. Like the British music I like is like hardcore British music, like of Mice and Men and. Um, oh, John. No, of Mice and Men's not from uh, Britain. I'm sorry. Um, Bring me the horizon, stuff like that. I'm into the, like the metal stuff. I'm not running around for Queen. I really wasn't alive when Freddie Mercury was at his no, ultimate. No. And you know, it, this is up to '85. I was negative two years old, so I, I didn't live through this. And the only thing I know is that they play these fucking songs over and over again on the radios or in bars. And I'm so done hearing "We Are the Champions." And the, uh, we heard that a lot ten years ago. Yeah, and we've heard last it, year. We heard it a lot. Yeah, and six months ago. So I'm out on this, and maybe it's getting bad reviews because of who's directing it. Brian Singer is not the best person to be doing. Didn't he like have to walk off of this? He didn't. Someone someone else took over. Yeah, there was a lot of problems between him and Rami, right? And then he like all the hot tub shit came out about him, yeah. and like he was getting me too out the ass, yeah. uh, which is fitting because he was getting in trouble. So it is what it is. Back to the Nutcracker though. I think that this is the Nutcracker movie is going to be beautiful because you got two directors with like really contrasting st- like yeah. uh, story types because you go from somebody who's doing what's eating Gilbert Grape to a superhero movie and like the Lost World and Rocketeer or um, Jurassic Park three. It's going to be shot weird, but like the action is going to be dope, and then like the imagery is going to be really dope about it. So I'm on board. Like Nutcracker is the movie of that week that I'm going to go see because Joe Johnson is very there's a lot of fantasy. Yeah, I mean, look and at then, his like, most three, his biggest three, Captain America, the first Avenger, the Rocketeer, which is essentially a superhero film, yeah. and Jurassic Park 3. And then he did uh, The Wolfman. Yeah. Beneath his Yeah, it was rough. I think that was, I didn't like that because it was like 13 hours long. It was, I've seen that in theaters. It was like watching um, like a, a Netflix series. You're I, just sitting there and you're like, oh. I've seen it at Shannon Jen theaters. Jesus. They that was a rough, hated it. That was a rough one. All right, so let's go to the following week, uh, November 9th, 1987. <laughs> November 9th, uh, 2018, the first animated film coming out this uh, these last three months, and that's The Grinch, uh, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Angela Lansbury, who I thought was dead, <laughs> Cameron Seeley, Rashida Jones, Kenan Thompson, and Pharrell Williams, and is directed by Yaro Chaney, who did uh, Secret Life of Pets, and Scott Mosher, who seems to be um, 
Kevin Smith's other right-hand man because he produces a lot of his projects, and it takes place in Whoville, and it's the story of The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Where are you at with The Grinch Who Stole Christmas? I'm in. It's from Illumination. It's the Secret Life of Pets, the Minion people. And they did. Are we going to see Minions in this? No. Is it going to open up with a Minions short, short film? Well, Illumination, their opening theme is meant. Yeah, but is it going to, you know how like... A short film? Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely, absolutely going to open up with the Minions yeah. like Christmas. Yeah. So you're in on this. Yes. I'm in 100%. And I'm, I'm actually, because this opens up, and then a month later, we're going to Universal. Yeah. In Florida, and they have a Seuss land. Yeah. Dr. Seuss land, and I think it's going to be... It's going to be Grinch heavy. Yeah, so it's be really I want to wear like a Grinch shirt. Yeah. Well, it's going to be awesome. And Benedict Cumberbatch is a chameleon. Like, his voice can do... It doesn't even sound like him. No, It kind of... It's reminiscent of Jim Carrey a little bit. I, I see, like, the Jim Carrey kind of cadence in there. But it's it's his own. Did you see the commercial who's promoting? No. Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid will promote anything. It's, it's like NBA and the uh, Grinch movie. And he's sitting there and he gets a... T- he gets a call on his phone. It's the Grinch. And he's talking to the Grinch. If you can have Joel Embiid speak in any context, it it works. It's it's money marketing because yeah. people will pay to watch him. Like, if Joel Embiid had a podcast, he could make it a premium podcast and people would pay to listen to hear him talk. And he could just be reading from the Bible <laughs> and people would listen to him talk because then he would, he would like do like social commentary on it and be like, this is a bullshit where like – He'll go to Instagram and like post all this. You, you follow him on Instagram? Yeah. He's the king of trash talk. Yeah. The king of trash talk. But he's not in. Is he in this movie? Oh, oh my I God. If so. he's in this movie, like it's just a random who that's seven foot three just running <laughs> around uh, playing FIFA. I'm on board with that. <laughs> this is a five for me. Um, I, I don't, I'm not going to give a lot of animated films a five, but this is a five for me because uh, it's my mom's favorite Christmas story, yeah. uh, The Grinch. And I've watched it every year. It's a classic, and this is a new telling on it. Um, I'm not on board with Pharrell being the narrator, but it is what it is. I would have rather had Morgan Freeman, but he's too busy in the four realms doing his thing. Well, Hold who on. did? Well, who who narrated? Was it um, Anthony Hopkins that narrated the Jim Carrey version? Uh, you're you're drawing drawing blanks. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's been a while. Like I've watched it, but I don't really pay attention. to We that. watch it every year. Yeah, I mean, it's a great film. It's it's uh, one of Jim Carrey's my favorites for him. Yeah. Which is great. So you're 100% on board. 100%. Yep. All right. Next one is a movie that might be the longest sequel that's ever. People have waited. I don't even know if people are waiting for the sequel at this point. You and I saw the first one years ago, many moons ago. We talked about this on the podcast. Oh, yeah. It's the girl in the spider web from the Dragon Tattoo collection. And that stars uh, Claire Foy, who's taking over for uh, Rooney Mara. Sylvia Hoax, Lakeith Stanfield, and Stephen Merchant, and is directed by Fetty Alvarez, who did Don't Breathe and Evil Dead from 2013. And it takes place with a young computer hacker, that, uh, hacker uh, a young computer hacker named Lisbeth Salamander, and journalist Mikhail Blumquist. They find themselves caught in a web of spies, cyber criminals, and corrupt government officials. Where are you at with this? I'll wait for home video for this. Yeah, I'm, this is a red box for me. Um, it's too damn long. Yeah. And you got the Swedish version of this already like nine years ago. Like we, the Swedish version's already done. Like all of these stories are done. And you can just watch them. Yeah. And Nomi Rappas is in it. And she's great. And like I love that they're, they're like trying to, conv- to confuse us that like, oh, it's the same girl. No, it's not. Nah. Rooney Mara did it. And she was much skinnier than Claire Foy. And like 
Claire Foy's like the hottest actor right now, actress now. I don't really know anything she's been in. Did we just say she was? She's gonna be in a? No, that wasn't Claire Foy. That was someone else. But like, have you seen a Claire Foy film? Uh, she was in First Man, wasn't she? I don't know. I didn't watch it. I think. Did so. you see it? No. Okay. She was in Fargo, I think. Maybe. Who fuck knows? I don't know. She's in The Crown. Yeah, I'm not watching that. It's a Netflix. Show. Yeah, do you watch The Crown? Nope. Okay, so where are you at with this? This is a home video for you? Home video. Yeah, this is Redbox for me, uh, only because it, like, I've lost interest in this story. It's been so long. I'm not going to go back and watch. It's got to be, what, six years since it came out? Yeah, at least six years, yeah. I'm not going to go back and watch The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and then pretend to forget all of it because your two main leads aren't in it anymore. Yeah, you know, Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig and Rooney Mara aren't in it, and I don't think either one of them died in the first one. Is it like a reboot? No, this is a sequel. Oh. Because it's like the girl with the dragon tattoo, the girl in the spider's web, and then the girl who kicks the horn's nest. Those are the three. I cannot believe I know all three of them. But like that's the three as far as the books go. So this is just picking up. This is the next chapter in the dragon tattoo lore. But it was too long. Like we we wonder why like certain sequels get made so quickly. Yeah. This one took forever and lost all of its actors. To the point you had to recast everybody. So, uh, I don't know if... Do you think it's going to make a lot of money? Probably not. I mean, it comes out against the Grinch. Not going to win its week. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm off board with that one. The next one, I'm 100% on board, and that's November 16th. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Oh, yeah. The Crimes of Grindelwald and has an all-star cast. Eddie Redmayne, Jude Law, Dan, uh, Dave Fogler, Catherine Watershed, Allison Sudol... Ezra Miller, Zoe Kravitz, and Johnny Depp's directed by David Yates from the Harry Potter franchise. And did you realize they're making five of these Fantastic <laughs> Beasts? And he's signed on for all of them. Who, Johnny Depp? Or? No, da- David Yates. Oh, he's directing really? all five Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Wow. Yeah, and uh, it's the second installment in the Fantastic Beasts series set in J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. And it features the adventures of magical zoologist Newt Scamander. Where are you at with this? I want to see it. Yeah, absolutely. In theater. This is opening night for me. And you know what? It makes sense that David Yates, because he's a great with Harry Potter. Yeah, he's done. This will be his fourth Harry Potter movie and second um, Fantastic Beasts movie. And then, you know, I guess he's like, oh, he did that Tarzan movie that didn't do very well. I thought that was nice. I thought that it was a good movie. The imagery was fantastic. It was shot very well. And that's what he does. He he tells very good stories. It may not be blockbusters like Harry Potter, but like his stuff is, is clean. But then I guess he's like, oh, I'm just going to stick with. I mean, if you're. If your bun's already buttered, you stay buttered. And he's going to stay buttered. JK's going to butter that bun unless he gets me to. You know what I mean? Right? That's. I mean, that's yeah. how you keep your job. Just keep your hands off of people. Yeah. And you keep your job. You can tell bad movies. But Yates is a good good director. I'm 100% on board with this. Yeah. Um, from the trailers, this is going to be an episode. Uh, may, maybe even a review episode. We might review this. Okay. Instead of preview this because uh, I, I need to talk about it afterwards. It's what I would be if I was a wizard. The cast is awesome. Uh, this might be a movie where I'm truly going to enjoy Ezra Miller. Oh, um, and the only downside I have about it is Johnny Depp. Um, You're I, not a big Johnny Depp. I hate Johnny Depp. I'm not a big fan of him at all. And uh, it's cl- I'm glad to see that they're rebooting the Pirates. And there's a possibility that he's not going to be in it. And I'm, well, I'm cool if they're rebooting. I, well, I, they're saying soft reboot. So you can reboot everybody else and keep Jack. Well, that was kind of... The last one was like a soft reboot. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad the the rumors are he might not be in it anymore because uh, he got away with some pretty shitty uh, shitty stuff, you know, with the Amber Heard stuff and 
still getting roles. So it kind of bothers me. The next one is a movie we had no idea about. Comes out the same week, uh, and it's Widows. Yeah. Like, we saw the trailer to that awful movie, Peppermint. <laughs> but we saw the trailer for it, and, you know, I said Fantastic Beast had a crazy lineup. This one's lineup is even crazier. Oh, it's great. Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, Liam Neeson, John Bernthal, Carrie Coon, Elizabeth Debicki, Robert Duvall, Colin Farrell, Brian Tyree Henry, and Daniel Kaluuya. And it's directed by Steve McQueen from 12 Years a Slave. And it's set in contemporary Chicago amidst a time of turmoil where four women with nothing in common except the debt left behind by their dead husband's criminal activities take fate into their own hands and conspire to forge a fortune, or sorry, to forge a future on their own terms. Now, it looks like to me, John Bernthal and Liam Neeson are immediately dead in this movie. Like 10 <laughs> seconds in the movie, they're probably gonna Maybe die. flashbacks. Yeah. I, maybe not even flash. Maybe flashbacks to Liam Neeson. Who do you think John Bernthal's married to in this? Is it Michelle Rodriguez? Yeah, probably. First of all, that's one of the most intimidating couples I'll, I'll ever <laughs> see in, in movies because they're both badass and they'll both fuck you up. Where are you at with Widows? I think it looks great. What I'm afraid, it nothing like it, but with the cast and the tone, reminds me of Triple Nine. Oh, yeah. And Triple Nine. Yeah, we I were was, so oh. amped for that movie. We were so excited I was for that so, movie. I was so pumped about Triple Nine, and it was awful. Yeah, that was that was so bad. And it, they had a great cast. Yeah. And that had such when, a I see, great cast. when I see Widows... That's what I think of. Oh, man. I'm hoping it's not. Well, Steve McQueen's really good at, he is. at commentary and narration and you know dialogue. But, I mean, I feel like this could be based on a true story because it's set in Chicago. Yeah. It seems like everybody's dying in Chicago. You didn't even think about the triple nine. No, I didn't. But, but now, it, it's now definitely you... stacked up like a triple nine. It, and like you see all these movies with like superstar cast, yeah. and they don't really do well like this. And then you had like Hotel Artemis as a movie yeah. I go back to, and that did like terrible and like crimson peak had a really big cast yep. did nothing so um i don't think that this is gonna feel like the it, it may be like triple nine but i think more people are gonna see this because it's the first of its kind starring all women yeah uh and it's not oceans eight what you was that I mean? movie back in the day uh set it up with like it was like jada pinkett and queen latifah set it off maybe set it off set it up would be a terrible name <laughs> set it off um yeah that's a movie i'll never see <laughs> So, where are you with this? Is this a theater, or maybe a yes, or Redbox? A home video. Is it Redbox as well? Um, yeah, I'm going to go Redbox, cause just because it has a great cast, it's not going to get me out of a seat. Out of seat. Yeah. Because there's so much, and like that's the thing. Like I've become so much, like I've worn this geek flag for 31 years, and now I'm able to fully embrace it, and now they're making... Every month there's two or three geek movies coming out. I'm like, I got to see those because it's yeah. for work. You know what I mean? I can't go see Widows because no one else wants to review it with me. All right, let's go to following week. 1123, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Reggae Ralph, starring John C. Riley, Taraji P. Henson, Alan Tudyk, Silver, uh, Sarah Silverman, Ed O'Neill, Alfred Molina, Jane Lynch, and all the living Disney princesses reprising their roles and it's directed by phil johnston the writer of zootopia and wreck it ralph the first one and rich moore who did direct it uh wreck it ralph and six years after the event of wreck it ralph ralph and vanellope now friends discover a wi-fi router in their arcade leading them into a new adventure into the internet where yet 100 percent on board it looks great it looks so good like this is a movie that like i like wreck it ralph because i feel like that's me like i'm just big and in the way of everything 
And I think that's perfect. You're more of a feel, fix it, Felix. I think you're more of an element. No, you're more of a fix it, Felix. Um, we're we're gonna do an episode on this as well. But the thing that really got me, because you know I'm a big nostalgia guy, the fact that like the original Belle, Ariel, all of them, yeah. all the original Disney princesses, things that you wouldn't think that I give two shits about, they're reprising their role, and I'm on board. It and our boys in it, Alan Tudyk, who's in everything. The first one blew me away. First one was so good because like. I felt like it came out, and they didn't do like a whole lot of marketing. Yeah. And we seen it, and I walked out there. I was like, "Yo, this is amazing!" Yeah, because it to a child, like you were saying, nostalgia, like Thangief mm-hmm. and and Bison. It's very like Who Framed Roger, Roger Rabbit, yep. uh, where you can get these characters. Very. That's why Ready Player One was so great for us. Because you're, like, you're looking for Easter eggs, and I feel like it's going to be the same with this. But this one's going to even be better for Easter eggs for children because it's the internet. So you're going to see like Fortnite, and you're going to see all this stupid shit, cat memes, all that yeah. that nobody like <laughs> nobody our age cares about, unless you're my wife. And uh, and you know all the stuff with the kids are going to feed on this. Yeah. So you're five for I'm, five. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna win its week, right? It's gotta win its week. Yeah. And I mean, it's coming out against stiff competition because it's coming out against Creed too. And Creed 2 is the next movie we're going to talk about with Michael B. Jordan, Tessa Thompson, Sylvester Stallone, Dolph Lundgren, Florian Montenu, and Felicia Rashad. It's directed by Steve Capel Jr., who did The Land. Never heard of it. And it's it's a follow-up to Creed 1. Yeah. He's fighting Dolph Lundgren's son. Yeah. Where are you at with this? I, Even though I, I'm not a big fan of Michael B. Jordan, I like the first one. Yeah. My wife's totally on board with this. I will probably go see it. And I, I don't mind. The first one was great. I, I did like the first one. Um but the dude that played Dolph Lundgren's son. Yeah, how they're in the same weight class it blows my mind. Because <laughs> he's like 6'7", and Michael B. Jordan is not pushing 200 in this. He's too small to be pushed. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's like 6 feet. He can't be pushing 200. But but that dude is... So yeah, Florian, he's a monster. And he's he's huge. I'm glad Dolph Lundgren's back. There's a, yeah, me too. He's getting everything. He's an Aquaman. This is, his, the, I told you, it's the winter of Dolph Lundgren. There was a guy, and you and I talked about this, and I think I talked about it on Galaxy Wars, there's a MMA fighter named Super Sage Northcutt who is looks like he's carved out of granite. Like this guy is just like abs on abs, like muscles, biceps, all stuff. And he's about Michael B. Jordan's height and probably what their fighting weight would be. And he auditioned for the role. I think he's just too nice of a person to like because he's like, thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Like he doesn't trash talk. He's got like got like the Abercrombie haircut. I'll show you a picture after. He would have been perfect for Dolph Lundgren's son because this guy is a monster movie. Like, he's crazy, but how quickly into the movie do you think Sylvester Stallone dies? Like, Rocky has to die. I thought he was going to die last one. He should have died last one. Like, not Stallone, but, like, And he got nominated for that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's Rocky. You know, Rocky, didn't didn't it win Best Picture? No. It was was nominated for Best Picture back in the day. Not not Creed, Rocky. Rocky, yes. Yeah. So, do you think, do you think our boy dies in this? This is a hometown boy, Philadelphia, born and bred. Think he dies? Are you wasn't born and bred here. Well, we're going to call him Philadelphia Born and Rock- Bred. He's got his own goddamn statue. Rocky was born and bred. That's who we're talking about. I thought you were talking I'm about Sylvester Stallone. I'm not asking for you to predict Sylvester Stallone's death. When does Rocky die? Um, I See, like I said, I thought he was going to die last one, but I probably... Yeah, because it looks like Michael B. Jordan, like, uh, he's like, fuck you, Rock. Like, I'm going to go train with Floyd Mayweather in his camp. Oh, Floyd Mayweather's in this movie. I'm out. He didn't make it in the first one, did he? No. No, I think Andre Ward's in this one, though. There's another good movie coming out the same weekend. This this wraps up our November movies. Robin Hood. 
which was put this this movie's been shuffled around so much yeah. um, and that stars the before mentioned Taron Edgerton um, Jamie Foxx Jamie Dornan Ben Mendelsohn Eve Hewson and it's directed by Otto Bathrost he did one episode of Black Mirror um, and it's called the National Anthem and he did a lot of episodes of Peaky Blinders and it's a war-hardened crusader and his Moorish commander mount an audacious revolt against the corrupt English crown in a thrilling action-adventure packed with a gritty, on that's for you, battlefield <laughs> exploits, mind-blowing fight choreography, and a timeless romance. Where are you at with Robin Hood? Home video. I'm, I'm seeing this. It, it, it reminds me of King Arthur. Oh, no. It looks so much better than King Arthur. That The moment they had giant mammoths with, like, pterodactyls flying over them in King Arthur. And listen, I've watched King Arthur twice. I've watched it on TV at my house, and I watched it on a plane to Ireland to get into the mood to fly into the United Kingdom. And it was, <laughs> dude, that movie is shit. That movie was so bad. And that's a guy Richie joined, right? Yeah. I'm so leery about Aladdin after seeing that movie. That was a pile of dog shit. <laughs> Like that was, I watched two Charlie Huna movies back to back on my way to Ireland, and that was the worst one. What's the other one? Uh, Z in the Land of the Lost of yeah. City of Z or whatever. That was actually long and arduous, but it was pretty good. Tom Holland's in it, Robert Patton's in it. It's good, good cast. Uh, this, 100% on board with. Anytime I can see John Wick style fight coordination with bow and arrows, <laughs> and I'm not watching the Green Arrow, fuck yeah, I'm, I'm on board. And I believe they got the fight coordinator from John Wick to do this. And, like, it looks good. Like, a lot of people are off because Jamie Foxx is Little John in this, and they should have just cast Little John. Oh, he's Friar Tuck, isn't he? No, he's Little John. Oh, he's Little John. Yeah, Friar Tuck's uh, somebody else that I know. I can't remember his name, but um, a lot of people are off because it's, like, Jamie Foxx is, like, he's too much for Little John because he's going to... They should have just cast actual Little John to play (laughs) Little John. Just, like, Robin Hood's like, hey, do you need that money? Okay, and he's just screaming. That'd be great. Um, This is a must-see movie for me. And I think we're going to do an episode on this. Okay. Uh, maybe. I don't know. We I already mean, did Archers. I don't fucking know. We're not planning episodes. And we talked about Robin Hood and our British invasion. Yeah, because he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Robin, I, I do like Robin Hood. And plus, I would I would be such a sellout if I didn't go see this movie when I'm saying, like, Green Arrow is my favorite superhero. Yeah. And, like, the idol for Green Arrow is Robin Hood. Yeah. So I have to see it. Let's move into comics, Chuck. Oh, boy. Yeah, your favorite part of the show. I love this part. Where we hit the cop or not. And uh, we're going to start with Marvel because, you know, Marvel's rolls out 9,000 comics each month. 30 Spider-Man titles. <laughs> no, um, I think there's only one. Oh, wow. Maybe two. Uh, but I'm sure he's mingled into every <laughs> other story. All right, so the first one comes out on um, November 11th, or November 7th, I'm sorry, and it's a one of six, uh, and it's Marvel Knights 20. Okay. And it's by Donnie Cates and Travel Foreman. Remember that name, Travel Foreman. It's going to come back up, I promise. And it says, in celebration of the legendary imprint founded by Marvel's CCO Joe Quesada, a new crop of talent stands poised to tell a groundbreaking story across the Marvel Universe. In the cemetery, the blind man does not know who he is or why he has come to this particular grave at this moment. He doesn't know the burly police officer with the wild story who has approached him or strangely, or the strangely intense man who sits in the rear seat of a patrol car, his eyes flashing green. But all of that, but all of that is about to change because Matt Murdock is beginning to remember. In a colorless world without heroes, the spark of light must come from the dark. It has the sickest cover I've seen a Marvel comic in so long. It's all black and white, and you have like the the street personas of these heroes. So you see like Wolverine, but he's not in Wolverine outfit. He's just like he's just Logan walking around, and then you got a 
dash of red and it's daredevil with his glasses and his shirt on and he's so just like fucked up and you're like you're like what's happening it's so good it looks good this is a this is a maybe for me just depending on how much is wow, coming out you said maybe to a marvel yeah it's probably the only one that's going to get a maybe but uh this isn't maybe because of the cover i don't give a shit about the storyline if the storyline is great then i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna read it. but the cover is beautiful and that's a cover i travel for him is fantastic so i would say uh look that up number one and number two, where are you at with this? Is this a cop or a drop? Um, I'm going to say drop, even though I like the Marvel Knights. The imprint, I like yeah. that. Um, but Marvel hasn't been kind to me lately. So. Yeah, well, this next one's probably not going to be kind to you either. comes out the same day, the 7th. And it's uh, Typhoid Fever X-Men, number one. And it's uh, by Clay Chapman and Will Robson. And guess who's returning, Chuck? Typhoid Mary. Typhoid Mary has returned to Hell's Kitchen. And taken over to neighborhood psychiatric hospital, overwhelming Manhattan's most dangerous neighborhood with her unique telekinetic abilities. When mutants and humans alike get caught in the crossfire, the X-Men and uh, have no choice but to intervene, only to square off against who, Chuck? The amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> so where are you at with uh, this number one Typhoid Mary X-Men story? I, I've seen the previews. Yeah. In um, the X-Men Black. Yeah. I'm out. I don't like Jean Grey's new look. I don't know like what kind of helmet she's wearing that has like a cut in the top where a ponytail can stick out. I am 100% off this. Like I feel like they're cashing in on the Typhoid Mary train way too late. They should have been introducing the, the new reader into Typhoid Mary before Iron Fist Season 2 came out. Yeah. So after Iron Fist Season 2, you have pre-Iron Fist Season 2 Typhoid Mary and now post-Iron Fist Typhoid Mary. But we don't have to give a shit about Typhoid Mary with Iron Fist being canceled. Yeah. We're never going to see Alice Eve again. No. And now my chances to meet her at a con are fucking gone. Because she's probably not going to go. I'm all upset. Well, she might need money. Yeah, I hope so. I hope she needs money. So I'll give her 40 bucks to take a picture. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Be like, I love you in Star Trek. All right, the next one comes out in the, the 14th the following week. It's a one of five series. And it's called Black Order. And it's by Derek Landry and Philip Tan. And this is about the Black Order, the Call Obsidian from uh, Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet. Where do you stand with that? Yeah, me too. It's a one of five. Normally, I'm I'm big on these little uh, mini sods, these little mini uh, stories, but like this, I don't know. I don't want to care about. I don't really care about them. Yeah. They they were cool in the Infinity War. I mean, they actually fought more than Thanos did, and Ebony Maul was dope. Uh, but I don't think he's gonna be as dope in the, the comics as he was no. in. And you know, no, they're just they're just trying to ride the coattails. Of, yeah, exactly. And it says like fresh off the Infinity War. Like yeah, of course it is. Like, should, again, like, they should have put that out right after Infinity War. Exactly. Or right before. You, you're introducing characters that nobody knows. So if you put these characters in, you have to like that's the thing about Marvel. They do these they do these preludes into the movies that are like six months earlier. You get the storyline between it, but like I don't I don't think they, they cashed in. The next one comes out on the fourteenth as well. It's Infinity War called Infinity Warps one of two. Um I'm not even gonna read it because I know you're out on this. I'm out. No one cares about this one. Uh, the following one is the first Spider-Man coming out on uh, 1121 by Ralph Macchio and Flavarino, uh, Wait. Flaviano. Hold on. It's called Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse number one. Now, did you say Ralph Macchio? Yes, but it's... How, all right, listen to this. In what world are there two famous Ralph Macchios? This world. Because there's a comic book editor, writer, who's like in his 80s named Ralph Macchio. And then there's Daniel LaRusso, Ralph Macchio. No relation. 
Since you said Ralph Macchio, it totally piqued my interest. Right. I was like, Ralph Macchio writing Spider Man? Ralph Macchio? Could you imagine Spider Man doing the crane kick in this? And I'm like, he took time away from. uh... Uh, Cobra Kai, (laughs) which is also a great show. I watched all of it. It's really. Friend of the podcast, Dan, is all about it. It's good. It's really good. It's actually really good. Uh, but this is Step Into the spider, uh, Spider-Verse with a cadre of Spider-Heroes. It's got Spider-Ham, Spider-Pig, uh, Peter Parker, Miles Morales, Spider-Gwen, and Spider-Punk. Where are you standing with this? Ow. They are really pushing Spider-Ham and Spider-Punk. I've never seen so many Spider-Ham toys. i seen one the other day. Dude, they're doing like a pop figure of it. There's like the Le- Marvel Legends figure of it. Too much. And I think there's one like, I think there's a Venom version of it and it's called like Bacon. Spider-Bacon or some <laughs> shit like that. It's crazy. The next one is called Infinity Wars Ghost Panther, number one of two. That comes out November 21st by Jed McKay and Jeff Paolo. And stripped from his kingdom, Prince T'Challa of Wakanda becomes a stunt performer under an unassumed name until a tragic accident and a sinister deal give him the power he needs to free his people. Where are you at with Ghost Panther, Ghost Rider, Black Panther crossover? That sounds pretty awesome. The cover is sick. It's Ghost Rider riding a flaming tiger. It's awesome. It sounds really good. And it's a one of two. I might have to get this. Yeah. If it, it's a one of two, I might have to get T'Challa it. T'Challa doing stunts and then getting flaming head, riding Panthro or um, Panther with from fucking um, Masters Universe with flaming eyes. Oh, Google that. You'll be on board with that. The next one is called Dead Man Logan, number one of 12, and that comes out on the 28th, and it's by Ed Brisson and Mike Hernandez, and it's the follow-up to... Old Man Logan, where he's now dead. He's yeah. dying because he's the adamantium's causing a bunch of problems in his uh, in his skeleton and his lungs and all that shit. And uh, it's got a Mysterio as your villain. Where do you where do you stand with Logan dying? And it says the the big the pull line for this truck says dead means dead. No, the fuck it doesn't. Wolverine has died nine billion times yeah. and has come back. Everybody dies and comes back. They all come back. Where do you stand with this? Out. Because it's a one in twelve, I might get this. Because you know, old man Logan was so iconic. Who knows? Maybe dead man Logan is just as iconic. I'm gonna get, I might give it a shot. I say that now. The last one for Marvel is Ironheart number one. It's Riri Williams getting her own number one title. It's from um, Eve Ewing, who's like this crazy good poet. Um, Kevin Liberando and Luciano Vecchio. Luciano Vecchio. Okay. Where do you stand with uh, the former star of the Invisible Iron Man getting their own solo story? Out. Yeah, I'm not big on Ironheart whatsoever. She's not my Iron Man, so I'm I'm not not getting this. I don't care. Yeah, me either. Did you pick up Shuri number one? No. Okay, you so you stayed true to it. Yeah. Yeah, true to your num- your. I'm not getting it. Yep. All right, the next one we're gonna go to DC, and let's just rattle these off. You got Suicide Black Files number or Suicide Squad Black Files number one. Two members of Task Force X are back in these all-new adventures. First up, The Revenge of Cobra with uh, writer Mike W. Barr and Philip Briones. To oppose the terrorist Cobra is to earn his undying hatred, and that's what the samurai Katana did when she killed off his beloved Eve. Now Cobra stalks Katana beyond the bounds of Earth uh, to the supernatural world where he will steal from her everything that she has, including her very soul. And in Suicide Squad's Blacks, or Suicide Squad Black, by writer Jay Nitz and artist Scott Eaton and Sebastian Faust, 
the U.S. government's top archive operative has gone rogue. That's Sebastian Faust. To track down America's most dangerous magician, Amanda Waller assembles a special ops team unlike any other. An expendable coven of dark arts experts including El Diablo, Enchantress, and Gentleman Ghost. They are Suicide Squad Black, and they will take you to places where even the dead can die. Where are you at with a katana story and then a gentleman ghost story? I'm out of katana. Where are you at with gentleman ghost? If it's anything like Justice League Dark, I don't think it's gonna be like which it sounds a lot like, they're just doing it with the Suicide Squad. I love Justice League Dark. Yeah, it's great. I think this might be a black label. Okay. I mean, it should be a black label if it's called Black Files. I feel like this should be a black label story. I'm on the fence with this one. Because there's so much coming out in DC from November where I'm like, oh my God, that I need to get like the next one. So where, where are you at? Yes or no? Uh, I'm going to say drop. Okay. The next one is Grant, Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp returning to Duke Green Lantern number one. That If you're a comic book reader, that needs no introduction. Grant Morrison is one of the greats. And he's getting a character who's kind of been underrepresented. And there's kind of like you forget about how cool the Green Lantern is. And I don't like the Green Lantern comics. I didn't like it when they included it in Metal. I certainly don't like Jessica Drew in, uh, or Jessica Cruz in this Justice League Odyssey story. I'm not a big fan of her. Where are you at with Grant Grant Morrison's Green Lantern? I'm not a big Green Lantern fan, so I'm going to drop. It's a Hal, it's a Hal Jordan story. Um, I want to see what he does, but I love Grant Morrison. Uh, if you don't know his his stuff, look at the Invisibles. Look at Happy. He's done a lot of Batman stuff. All Star All Star Batman. All Star Superman. This is a must for me. When they announced it, I uh, creamed a little bit. I have to get it. Um, and then we're going to move to next week. It's uh, November 14th. And it's Electric Warriors number one, Chuck, by Steve Orlando, friend of the podcast, and Travel Foreman. The before mentioned Travel Foreman. Remember I said remember that yeah. name? What do you remember that name from? That was the very first Marvel one you yeah. talked about. And which one was it? We're going to play quiz because I can't remember. Marvel Knights 20. Okay. So where are we at? With this, Chuck. Do you know who the Electric Warriors are? No, I do not. Good, I'll tell you. Uh, a new tale of the future DC Universe set in the previously unexplored timeline, the Cosmic Dark Age. Years after the Great Disaster, the Earth has started to rebuild and rejoin the Universal Coalition. In order to prevent a galactic war, different worlds throughout the known cosmos have created a new system of competitive combat to give each participating planet their own voice in the intergalactic struggle. Each world has a diplomatic gladiator chosen to possess an electric seed and fight for their homeland as the electric warrior. Each fighter forsakes their own personal life in the name of peace. Where are you at with this? I think I'll get it for Steve Orlando. Yeah. Um, this is, I'm definitely getting it because of Steve Orlando. And it looks trippy as shit, though. Yeah. And he tells really good stories with, like, unknown IP. Like, with Midnighter. And now he's about to talk. This character is not unknown, but he's doing Martian Manhunter. And he's going to really bring that to the forefront. This is I'm going to get it. I'm definitely getting that one. That's a that's a cop, if yeah. you will. Next one is uh, another cop for me, and that's Shazam number one by uh, Jeff Johns and uh, Dale Eaglesham. Where are you at with this? I'm going to drop, but we talked about this. I remember. I forget when we talked it about it. It was like San Diego Comic-Con is when they announced all this stuff. Yeah. That Green Lantern was coming out. Shazam was coming out. Finally coming out, and that's November 21st, and I am absolutely getting that. I'll drop. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, you're forsaken uh, the next one is a vertigo imprint by brian hill and leandro fernandez and it's called american carnage 
and it's a new thrilling crime saga from the writer of Wildstorm, Michael Cray, and the artist of The Old Guard, disgraced FBI agent Richard Wright, is offered a chance of redemption when his old mentor sends him undercover to infiltrate a white supremacist group believed to be responsible for the death of a fellow agent. I'm getting it. I'm dropping. Yeah, you're not a Vertigo guy. No, nah, not really. No. Um, I've been reading everything Vertigo, and it's really, really good. So I'm definitely getting that. And then the 28th, we start to get into our holiday cheer with DC as we get the DC Nuclear Winter Special. It's that big collective of comics that seems like Walmart is selling for $5. Yeah. Uh, this one's going for $9.99. It's got so many different heroes, 10 different stories, 10 new stories. Uh, where are you at with this? Uh, probably. Yeah. It, nothing else is coming out that week. Ten bucks, I can I can drop ten. Did bucks you on read that. the? I read the Swamp Thing one. Swamp Thing one was really good. I read everything. Um, the Blue Devil one was super weird. Super weird. Um, and then the the Ballad of Jonathan Crane was dope. Yeah, that was awesome. And Swamp Thing Origin. I think I read every one, but um, one old Batman story. And for those listening, uh, we're just having a conversation. Just said, did you read? And I knew uh, Walmart selling these big. Five ninety nine, ten story comics, and the Halloween special one came out with a new Swamp Thing story from Greg Capala. So it was a, and I believe Scott Snyder wrote on it too, or Brian Azzarello, one of those two. Um, it was great. Where yeah, where you you love it? I, I I do love it. Are you gonna buy more of them? Probably not. Or just depending on who's writing what. The, who's who's writing? What? I mean, five bucks. You think about it. five bucks, you get ten stories. It's a hundred pages. Exactly, and I'm sitting here reading. You know, five dollar books with one story. Did you like the Aquaman? It was alright. It wasn't my favorite, but the Swamp Thing was super dope. It was like four pages though. Yeah. It wasn't long enough. But it said it did end with um the end or is it? Yeah. And the or is it like what do you I, think that's gonna Swamp Thing needs an a, a a series, right? Yeah. I mean, he's in Justice League Dark. It's like it's kind of like what they did with Man Thing and Marvel. They started hyping him up, and then they did the R.L. Stein really bad Man Thing story, and they're like, "Oh, here you go, Swamp Thing." So maybe Swamp Thing comes out. All right, let's go to uh, Image, and then we'll get the hell out of here. First one is one I'm very excited for, and I'm excited for it because not only have I interviewed this guy before, but we're going to interview him again on Galaxy Wars, and that's Outer Darkness by the legend John Layman and Afu Chan. And that comes out on the 7th of November. And mankind has colonized the galaxy. But during our interstellar travels, we discovered a terrifying secret out in the outer darkness of space. Join Captain Joshua Rigg and the crew aboard the starship Sharon as they encounter demonic possessions, hauntings, cosmic horror, and more. Think Star Trek Discovery and The Conjuring had a baby. <laughs> and Layman tells like crazy out there stories. But then he can tell real like he, well, they're all great, but he can tell really grounded stories too. I am one hundred percent on board with this. Nah, I'm out. Yeah, you're not an image guy. You're out on all these. I don't even know why I read them for you. <laughs> I like to hear it. Yeah, well, you like to react because you're like these are all stupid, and then you go into a character. You <laughs> like you become Kevin Hart. I don't know. The next one is one that I'm sure you're not going to get, and that's Auntie Agatha's Home for Wayward Rabbits number one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, by Keith Griffin and Benjamin Roman. And Auntie Agatha's Home for Wayward Rabbits number one is in danger. Run by the titular Agatha and her niece, and her niece Julie, this peculiar shelter cares for damaged and dysfunctional rabbits. And now it's being threatened by a wealthy businessman woman, or a businessman who will stop at nothing to tear it down. You're not getting this. That right? sounds awful. It sounds crazy. Um, I'm going to get it. <laughs> it sounds I'm so get awful. It. And that comes out the same week, the 7th. 
and this the next two come out or the next this next one I'm sorry comes out uh, this next one comes out on November 14th and it's called Bitter Root Number One by David Walker and Chuck Green and if you don't get this because this man's name is Chuck you have to change your name all right you have to support all your Chucks I bought that cat pussy fucking comic <laughs> because it was written by Chelsea also speaking of image I picked up that Exorcisters uh, Exorcisters <laughs> Exorcisters uh, comic from Image from October I love it. It's a teen read, but it's so fun. It's so fun. And I got that, and then I started watching Sabrina and The Haunting on, on Hill House, and then Castlevania, and then Mal- Malevolent, and then all these crazy haunting shows. Yeah. Like, I'm about to become a ghost hunter, dude. Like, I'm about to just go to the Vatican and become an exorcist. Go back to Fort Mifflin. I'm ready. No, don't fuck Fort Mifflin. I'm going to... I can download the app. Don't laugh at me. I downloaded the app, the EVP app on my phone. <laughs> And then I deleted it because I was embarrassed by it. <laughs> but I'm going away to like like the woods and I'm going camping. And I am absolutely 100% down, re-downloading that app. I'm going to become a ghost hunter. Fanny boys, ghost hunting. The three of us, the four of us, because uh, Binks is going to be part of it. All right, so Bitterroot by Chuck Green and David Walker. Uh, in the 1920s, the Harlem Renaissance is in full swing. And only the Serenge family, that's pro- I can't pronounce that, uh, can save New York. And the world from a supernatural force is threatening to destroy humanity. But the once great family of monster hunters has been torn apart by tragedies and conflicting moral codes. This family must heal the wounds from the past and move beyond their differences or sit back and watch a force of unimaginable evil ravage the human race. It sounds crazy. The cover looks dope. And it's like these like 1920s black family just going out there in Harlem fighting werewolves and shit. I am 100% getting this. It sounds awesome. It sounds great, It sounds the best that you said out of the... It sounds like it could be a Netflix series. Yeah. That's how good it sounds. Like, the premise could be really good. So, I'm getting this. Are you going to get... This is going to be your... Listen, is this about to be your first image purchase? No. No? Oh, my God. What are you waiting for? Like, the revival of Spawn? No, revival of uh, the dragon. Savage dragon? Savage dragon. I think that was Dark Horse. That was the image. Yeah, either or. You're not going to get it anyway. (laughs) No. Uh, the following week, the 21st, comes out Middle West by Scotty Young and Jorge Corona. Scotty Young's doing Bully Wars now for Image as well. It seems like he's doing a lot. In, like That's like what Brian Michael Bendis is doing. He's putting out like five or six titles each month. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of stories to tell. Uh, but he's putting this one out. And the lands between the coasts are vast, slow, slow to change and full of hidden magics. Mistakes have been made. And on this new ongoing series, an unwitting adventurer searches for the answers to quell a coming storm that has no, that, oh, sorry, that knows his name. Where, where are you with this? I'm John. The art looks kind of different. It looks like, not Coraline. You ever see the, um, the previews on Netflix for that, The Little Prince? Yeah. Where like the fox is like the triangle yep. face. It kind of looks like that. I'm a maybe with this one just because like I love the supernatural and that's what mode I'm in right now. I've watched all the Conjuring movies and the Nun already. I'm just going nuts with this. The thing about Image I like is that it's creator-owned stories, but it's also, like, the supernatural. Yeah. It's, like, adult Vertigo. Like, it's even more adult than Vertigo is. But now Vertigo's back, and, like, they're getting my money, too. Let's go to the last one. You're not getting that, right? No. Okay. The last one, I don't think you're going to get either. Why would you? It's it's Image. Comes out the 28th. This is the last comic, last new series coming out in November, and it's called Warning. And it's by Edward LaRoche. He's doing the pens, the pencils, the letters. He's doing everything. This is his whole story. And it says, An enormous machine slowly materializes in the major West Coast city. 
who sent it and why is it uh, and why is a mystery understood only by the malevolent beings gliding silently towards earth through the inky vastness of space in response the multinational combat brigade called gladiator 26 is deployed outfitted with next generation military science and weapons they are tasked with stopping any extraterrestrial threat that emerges it kind of sounds like pacific rim yeah but space but space but you're not in these kaijus like you're not in the the jaegers like you're fighting the kaijus on the ground or you're fighting these big machines where you at with this i'm out you're out too so you're so let's recap this you're getting getting no marvels (laughs) you're getting all the dcs and no image so if you want to get chuck a christmas present just get him some dc comics that's where we're at um that's our november episode there's a lot coming out a lot that we're going to see, uh, some new, maybe some changes to the programming as far as uh, our podcast goes, where we might do some more reviews, the stuff that I won't review on uh, Galaxy Wars, and some previews, and maybe some new stuff. But uh, I'm going to spend a lot of money in November. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. I hope uh, Crossroads does a Black Friday sale, <laughs> because I'm going to just blow my load and buy everything on Black Friday. But that's our November episode. We want to know what you're getting in November, what you're seeing, what you're watching, uh, if you're going to get in these comics and if we missed anything and there, if you want us to talk Dark Horse and Boom Studios and all these other comics, uh, comic book companies out there, let us know. Uh, you can let us know on social media and it's The Active Geek on Instagram where we have rounded out all 31 days of cosplayers um, per day and only two didn't like our picture, didn't like our post. Really? Yeah, I'm kind of sappy with that. Like, if I appreciate your art, I hope that you like it and it makes me happy even if you're not late. If you have like one follower or Thirty hundred thousand followers. You have to tell me off air who it was. Two people. I'll tell you on air. It was Made of Might, who is my, one of my favorite cosplayers, and Hendo Art, who's one of your favorite cosplayers. Really? So it kind of like I didn't unfollow him because I know they got like three hundred. Joni liked it. Joni liked it on Twitter. Uh, Riddle liked it. It was real cool. We got one of the Power Rangers liked one of our uh, our cosplayers. It was it was awesome. So um, if you didn't like it, who cares? Uh, but go to our Twitter and check out, or go to our Instagram and check all that. You can see it on Twitter too. Active Geek underscore. We're on Facebook. Active Geek. All the podcast directories. The Active Geek podcast. You can find me on the Galaxy Wars podcast every Monday. You can find Chuck on the Instagrams. Chuck underscore Active Geek. And you can find our cosplayer AG Cosplay on Instagram at AG Cosplay. So for the Active Geek podcast, I am Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.